Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Matilda Nolke, or Alma for short, moved to New York City to further her career as a designer and to find her creative spirit. Matilda is the creator of Alma Nolke. Alma Nolke is a fashion brand that takes a vivacious lifestyle to complement a woman whose exploration of life and fashion lead the way. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking uh, time out of your schedule to uh, just have a conversation. Yes, yes, you're welcome. I'm excited to see what you guys are doing and can't wait for it to blow up. Thank you. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, What's your background? Um, My name is Matilda Amanawaki. I've always been a creative person from birth. And I've always dabbled in fashion, art, um, music. Those are the things that just always have driven me. And I've always known that that's going to be my purpose. Originally went to the Art Institute in DC mm-hmm. and moved to New York um, immediately after graduation and have been in New York City ever since. And I, of course, developed multiple brands and worked for multiple big fashion brands after moving to New York and just decided that I'd rather put that heart and soul into my own brand. So I birthed um, Nawaki, which is a ready-to-wear um, brand for women of color, just women in general, um, where I make pieces that basically celebrate the melanated skin of women. So that's the way, oh, that's the reason why my brand came to life in Brooklyn, New York. Did you have to adjust moving to Brooklyn at first? I originally moved to Queens and that was a big adjustment because living in um, DC, I had a very nice situation where I had my own apartment and um, had a pretty nice cushion job right after college. Mm-hmm. Um, you realize when you know where your passion is or when your passion like smacks you right in the face, you realize that no matter how much money you get from having a regular nine to five job, you're just not happy. Mm-hmm. And so I I just quit everything, dropped relationships, friendships, everything, and just decided to make that move. And it was a really hard adjustment because it was smaller spaces. And of course, it was people that I didn't know, um, zero connections, but it was definitely beneficial to the goal ahead or the goals that I had um, in place for myself. Did you have any um, designers, uh, inspirational designers you looked up to as a kid that... uh led you to become a designer yourself? When I was a child, my parents or like close family members used to always say I um, resembled Naomi Campbell and the modeling aspects was always a thing Um, because I think Naomi Campbell was really big back in like the 90s or somewhere around that time frame. So that was just something that I was associated with. But I knew that I preferred like creating pieces instead. So mm. though I didn't know any designers back then, my inspiration of seeing a black woman was Naomi Campbell. So I wanted to dress a black woman. So I made clothing that I thought would um, 
embrace and celebrate um, Black women. And it just happened that um, she was someone that um, I was able to also move with um, in life through her journey. We have so much in um, in common. So that was really nice to um, take that along. So what was designing your first piece like the what was the process like to design uh to actually put your thoughts into a design it's really i mean no one really tells you that it's hard it's like really hard um what you normally see on like tv is like these shows where like oh let's sew this piece together and stuff like that it never works out that way um you have to have some type of technical skill Mm. which i never taught at the art institute that you needed to know how to do tech packs to actually like mass produce and um, do things um, on a bigger scale. You actually have to have some of these technical knowledge, um, which is like tech packs and drawing flats and um, being um, being able to use Illustrator and all those types of software that you're not really taught. So that was a shell shock to me to have to learn that aspect. You know, you can either like put money out and have someone else do it for you. Mm. But then that money that you're putting out just to like have the drawing, you still have to put money out for the fabric, money for someone to develop your idea into an actual product and then money out for a website and all these things. So I had to actually teach myself those things so that I can actually like cut the cost to actually have better products than, Mm. you know, just shell money out so that was really hard for me was like actually learning all different aspects of like um product development how do you describe your aesthetic i just i i always thought i guess my aesthetic would be um for clothing for women that are just unapologetically themselves like a lot of my pieces are very like bold and expressive and in New York or even in DC, majority of the colors that are worn are like black, gray, and blue. Mm. So I just wanted to give pieces or designs and concepts that were just a little bit more lively and a little bit more bolder and were a bit more expressive um, when women wore. And I also wanted to make pieces that were a bit more elegant. Um, when I'm developing these pieces, I'm in a phase where people are doing like the fashion novas and you know those type of brands and there's nothing wrong with those they're very club wear but i just wanted the woman that wore my pieces to be a bit more elegant because we're celebrating them outside of their body not just like always celebrating with their body we're celebrating the entire woman as a whole so um i hope my pieces are very expressive and um showcase the woman outside of just what her body has to offer. Where do you get gain inspiration for the different color tones in your pieces? Literally everywhere. Mm. Every single thing inspires me. It's one of the worst things because you're constantly changing your mind. Um, But it's one of the greatest things because you're constantly inspired. So every little thing always inspires me. I have like millions of screenshots in my phone I have like two phones because I do so much of that. I have many storages just because everything inspires me. So any and everything normally inspires me. What fashion line do you look up to for inspiration? I really like this brand called um, Brother Villy. Mm. They're a shoe brand, um, but they really like embody 
like um, artisans and really embody not only like providing shoes, but they they're just for the culture and for like the development of our culture, of our neighborhoods, of society. And it seems as if they're more than just like a revenue based company. So I really like the story behind them. And I like how um, they highlight black people in a positive light. So um, I like that brand. And of course, there are bigger brands like Hermes and all these other companies. Um, there are four revenue brands, but um, in terms of like smaller brands that are just more impactful to myself and of course to people that look like myself, um, that will be the brand that I look up to. From one of the pieces that I really love, um, I think it's a green jacket with matching um, pants. It kind of reminds me of a contemporary um, mesh of nature and black women like pushed push together, you know what I mean? Um, do you gain a lot of inspiration from nature as well? Back in the 80s and 90s when like when women were first going into the workforce. So I wanted to like make pieces that you can move from like work into like nightlife, um, pieces that easily transitioned um, to like, work in the day and cocktail hour. Now, some of the colors are brighter because um, it's New York and you can wear green suit into your fashion jobs and things of that sort and easily go out to cocktail afterward. Um, but for people that live outside of New York or live in a more um, contemporary um, city and state, those are pieces that you will wear for like a nightlife type of event or something of that sort. What are your thoughts on shows like um, Project Runway or Making the Cut? Um, I think those shows are great. They're really great for exposure. Um, they're great to, you know, get brand awareness. Um, they're great to put out, you know, entertainment and things of that sort. I've never been on any of those shows and have never applied to those shows but I think they're great for any um, up and coming brand or even big brands that just want exposure and want to take their company to the next level. So what's your networking process like? How do you um, find models? How do you find photographers? How do you get your brand out there? It's just word of mouth. You know, it's a lot of like DMing. It's a lot of like reaching out to people. If I see um, something that inspires me, I would normally like follow through um, the Instagram feeds until I find who that image belongs to and then connecting with that person to see if we can collab. I do also receive a lot of requests like, oh, I like this piece. Um, I would like to pull this piece for a shoot or I like what you did for this fashion week. Can we attend next time and shoot it? So it's a lot of like um, creatives trying to work together to bring each other up. It's a lot of like lateral, you know, connections instead of always reaching out to the big star or the big photographer. It's just all of us working together to easily gradually move ourselves up. I like that, um, that sentiment. It seems more community-based yes. the way you do that. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Is there any advice you would give a young designer just starting out? It's persistence. I happened to listen to a church sermon today, and I don't mean to preach, but um, it was talking about like persistence and resilience. You know, with anything that you just feel that that's your thing, 
resilience is key. You literally have to keep going. Um, everyone has their own cycle. And so if you, you know, if you constantly are thriving and thriving to achieve your um, dream, eventually your cycle, your period will arrive. But if you give up prior to your period, unfortunately, you won't be able to take advantage Mm. of your congratulations and your flowers at that time, because you've already given up before you, before you get to the finish line. But if you keep going and you persist and you, you know, continue to fight the good fight, eventually your time will arrive and you'll be able to reap all of the benefits, but it's literally persistence. I have forgot this question to ask, but um, you said that you reached out to different artists and models through social media um, before mm -hmm. the pandemic. Was it just strictly social media or did you uh, go to events? Um, I'm a bit of an introvert, so I don't, I don't personally enjoy going to events. I know it's something that I need to do for like business wise, but I don't actually enjoy doing those type of things. And so normally people normally reach out to me. Models normally reach out and say, Hey, I like this. I would love to shoot with you and things of that sort. That's how it normally works. Or if I'm having a, a fashion presentation, then I would go through an agency um, to try to get black models to be in the shoot um, or to be in the show. But um, normally I get requests or friends of friends that I've worked with will connect. It's a very, the creative circle, as big as New York is and as big as the world is, the creative circle is really small. Mm. Normally, if you see, you know, there, there's, I think it's six people of, um, of separation, right? So mm. if I see something that I like, I normally would search through the rabbit hole of Instagram feed and eventually I will connect with someone that I know someone that knows that person. And then we eventually will connect to make something happen because we're all creative and we all want to put some type of creative work out there. So um, will New York be like your main hub or do you plan on like um, maybe going to LA to do some more work or anything like that? Yeah. I originally gave myself, you know, a five-year plan when moving forward. And though I'm close to my five years, I do, I am working with a few LA artists, um, trying to get a few shoots and stuff of stuff of that sort done. So I do fly back and forth to LA, um, and New York, and I don't see myself moving there, but it's definitely a city that I'm working with, um, at this time. Mm, okay. Um, how would you describe your personal style? I'm, I love sweatpants. I love t-shirts. That's just, I love the comfortability. Um, I do love seeing women in beautiful clothing, but personally for myself, I enjoy casual clothing. I enjoy um, t-shirts, sweatpants, um, hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is your aspiration for Amanuoke? Um, I hope one day it becomes a big brand like a top shop or um, a household name. I hope one day it does become a huge brand. Um, it's really sad that you don't really see that many black brands getting to that caliber. Um, when I think of black brands, I do think of, um, I think it was Sean, Sean Combs or his like brand, but I don't really know of any other black brands that have made it to that caliber. And it's, it's sad to say, cause we are the movers and shakers of this culture of the popular culture. So it's just sad that 
I don't know of that many luxury brands that meet a Ralph Lauren or meet uh, an Hermes or meet any of those types of levels. So I hope one day that I can have a huge brand that I can also pass on to my family and create wealth with. I'm pretty sure you will. Um, The only thing is that's where the community comes in, you know, and Mm -hmm. promoting each other and, and lifting each other up. Um, just the work behind that will will always be fruitful fruitful on the end. Yes, true. Yeah. Who do you look to for style inspiration? I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with Solange. I'm obsessed <laughs> with um oh why is the name escaping me right now? Ellis Ross. I'm obsessed with her. Um I'm obsessed with Ryan, I can't remember her last name. Um, she, I can't, I'm not a pop culture person. I'm obsessed with a lot of women that are, that are constantly celebrating black women, black body and black causes. And so I'm normally obsessed with those type of people. Just a quick side note. Uh, have you watched the, I don't know what they call it. Music, uh, documentary uh that beyonce just came out with no just came out like recently or like um i think it was aired on disney where she featured a lot of uh black and african and jamaican artists um in her little uh, music docuseries or something like that i saw a brief glimpse of it um when it originally happened i didn't see the full thing but it was beautiful to see that you know, these small, I think one of the brands I actually know personally um, to see that brands or that African people or black people are being celebrated to a, such a caliber. So that's always heartwarming to see that it is possible, right? That no matter where you are, you can be on Beyonce's radar. So that's always beautiful to see. Um, are there any um, celebrities you would like to address? I would love to dress Solange. I will love the opportunity to dress Ellis Ross. I will love the opportunity to dress, um, oh, what is her name? Oh, Janelle Monet. I would love to dress, um, oh, Yara Shadari. Mm-hmm. I will. The list goes on. These are all like beautiful people that are just making such an impact on the culture. So I would love to address any of them. Oh, Palmer, she's like so funny. <laughs> if you were to design uh, one of those public figures, would you be mm-hmm. focused on more designing based on current trend or would you just do your own personal style to it? I mean, I think current trend pays plays a plays a role in, you know, in when you're, when I'm designing in general, um, but you always put a spin on it. We all have our own like design identity when we're creating things. And so sometimes that part of design identity, um, current trend sometimes plays a role in that aspect. I wouldn't change my whole like aesthetic to like club wear or anything of that sort, but I will take key notes from current trend. If a color is not in season right now, I would not be dressing anyone in that color if it's just not something that's currently current, currently mm. in season. 
uh, I'm not much of a fashion guy, but <laughs> like, how do you know what's in season and what's not in season? <laughs> um, I mean, okay, so right now it's fall, right? So mm-hmm. you know, darker tone colors are in season. Okay. Um, so you know, like your cranberries, your greens, your blacks, your um, browns, those are the colors that are currently in season. I wouldn't dress anyone in white right now. I wouldn't dress anyone in like a bright neon blue right now because it's, those are like summer colors, you know, mm-hmm. summer, unless that person is in a specific shoot for a specific season or a specific reason, then that makes sense. But um, I just have to be mindful of the season and the cause and why that specific shoes underway. Mm, that's interesting. I know you focus mainly on uh, black women, but do you have any, um, any plans on producing pieces for black men in the future? Um, men's clothing. So I, I'm, uh, I get asked this a lot. Uh, men's clothing are, it's actually really difficult to develop men's clothing. Really? Um, women, yeah. Women's, the technical drawing behind men's clothing is extremely intricate. Hmm. Where women's clothing is a lot easier because it's literally a dress, a top, and then pants. Where it's the same for you guys, but there's a lot more um, points on men to actually design. Hmm. Where for women, it's literally like, oh, your bust measurement, your high waist measurement, your thigh measurement, and then the hem. Men, it's a lot different because you guys have different body shapes, different heights, um, broader shoulders. Women are kind of already in a, it's kind of a scope for women. The only thing that you really would change is if you're providing more sizes, but you already know if you're developing clothing that you're developing for like pear shapes, triangle shape, you know, those types of shapes where men don't have that, you know, Mm. for you to, um, you know, clothing that are like nicely tailored for men, you really can't mass produce for men because they don't fall in these separate categories um, that women normally do to make it easier for us to develop for women. Okay, so no clothing for men. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> not right now. Maybe in the future, but not right now. Okay, cool, cool. Um, what is important to you as a as a designer? Um, what's important to me is just like highlighting um, the positivity when, that comes with women. You know, just always shining light on positive aspects and positive um, things that come with women. Are you conscious of the color coordination when it comes to your pieces? Um, yeah. Do certain colors have certain meanings to them? Certain colors do not, um, but I'm extremely conscious of certain colors and how they reflect off of dark skinned women. Mm. I want to always make sure that I'm, celebrating women and I'm like placing specific colors that complement um, certain skin tones. I wouldn't like place a certain kind of color in my collection that I just know would not um, embrace and celebrate um, a, a melanated skin. It's just something that I wouldn't do. So I'm very um, mindful on the, my color choice. What, what colors don't complement black skin? Blues really don't like if you shoot someone and that person has a blue on, it doesn't look well. Mm. Um, I know 
definitely like to go for like the greens, the yellows, and the reds because it enriches the person's skin. It shines. It like radiates their skin even more. Where normally like a blue doesn't. It doesn't do anything for that skin. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have a specific team that you work with? Um, I. I'm building my team, but the people that I most I've repeatedly worked with is the one that you see on my mo- my model that you see on my website. Um, Imani, the photographer that shoots that has been the photographer that I've worked with for a while. I have a makeup artist I've worked with on many shows and have worked with for a while. Um, so I don't have like a full confirmed team, but as you develop more and more people um, become a part of your team because you trust them, you like their work ethic, you like the product that they provide you. So as of right now, I have four people on my team, but I'm always, you know, you just never know. How hectic are fashion shows? They're so hectic. They're so stressful. It's, it's intense. I'm not descriptive at all, but (laughs) I worked in fashion week before I started putting on my own fashion shows and just helping designers put on the show prior to like the show happening there's like three or four hours of just preparation to even set the stage right to set to prepare the place for people to actually enter and enjoy this five or three minute show right so we've worked either the day before or all morning to make this thing happen now that's just for the team that's helping on the back end, for the person that's actually designing the person's show that this is, they are probably anxiety written because they have had to coordinate the hair and makeup, coordinate the models, coordinate the clothing, um, coordinate the accessories, all of those things that they are responsible for and making sure that the pieces fit correctly. It's, it never falls in line that someone shows up on time. It never falls in line that the pieces fit the same. It never shows up, uh, never falls in line that the right model shows up. Like things happen, you know, variable things happen that it never falls in line. But at the end of the day, it's just making sure that you get your pieces out there and it presents you in the best light is always like the win-win, no matter all of the sleepless nights that you've had months before the show, it's Mm. always a win when the show is over. Okay. So would you say that you take, uh, I wouldn't say failure, but mistakes from um, certain shows? Do you learn from those mistakes or how, how do you how do you take the mistakes that happen at shows? I mean, I believe that mistakes are just, you know, another chance for you to win. Like, I enjoy mistakes. Normally when I make a mistake, I can then be like, oh, this is what I'm not going to do next time, right? But if I don't realize it's a mistake that I'm going to continue to think I'm doing something right and then it's actually not, you know, right. Um, So normally I watch other people's shows. I personally don't like runway shows. I think it's too um, quick. I don't think it makes enough of an impression on your guests for them to be able to take home and for it to resonate in their minds. So I prefer presentations and that's just from watching so many shows that I know I don't like runway shows now. I also prefer intimate presentations because you have specific group there that actually will make an impact on your collection where instead of just having my mom, my aunt, my cousin, like, you know, those people are great, but at the end of the day, they're not going to move your cause along. So I take 
of all of that when I'm watching other people's presentation and when I'm making my own presentation. Um, I don't know, remember if I asked you this, but how did you uh, come up with the name of your, your line? So my Ghanaian name is Ama Nwaki. Mm. Um, my American name is Matilda Ama Nwaki. And so I just took off the Matilda and just made my brand based off of my um, namesake, which is Ama Nwaki. Do your Ghanaian lineage have any uh, influence on your creativity? I'm so embarrassed to say this, but for the longest time, I ran away from that because I assumed it was going to pinpoint me towards a specific group and I didn't want that. Um, But now I embrace it. I realize that diversity um, brings more positivity. And so now I embrace them more than anything. I don't know if it makes a difference, but it kind of spews out of you um, when you're not aware it's happening. So I don't, from from the inside looking out, I don't know if it makes a difference. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it, it just subconsciously comes out, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. culture. Um, we do things subconsciously without even, without even knowing it. Um, yeah. Have you, had any plans to I mean do you do you travel to Ghana any much I don't um I did have plans to travel last year unfortunately um it's it's always work 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 um and then I have plans to go this year and then due to COVID I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go but if all works out I could possibly go in 2021 I've been trying to source out of Ghana for like four or five years and to make that happen, I really need to actually be in Ghana to make it happen. So, yeah, I would love to go. To me, it would be really great to mm-hmm. um, travel there, um, use some of the fabrics, um, yeah. gain some of the inspiration from, like, um, old traditions. Yeah. Maybe open a factory there and have your pieces made there. And then, you know. I, I wish. I've been trying to do that for, like, three or four years and it's just been extremely hard to make it happen because I remember a few years ago I was trying to get purses made um, from a factory there and to me I thought it was a positive thing because I would be I would be bringing more money to a country that I'm from and it's just extremely hard to make that happen but I'm hoping within the next year or so I can easily um, make a flight take a flight there and make it happen. When did you learn how to sew? I learned how to sew. Okay, I don't know if you remember Alexis, but Alexis knows. How. So Alexis and I went are from the same um, city, Fredericksburg, Virginia, and mm-hmm. she used to sew. So I bought a sewing machine like when we were in like middle school or high school. I wasn't really serious about it, but I would go to thrift stores and like pick up pieces and sew it then. Mm. And I've been sewing ever since um, middle school, um, and then. I've been sewing in college. And then um, when I moved to New York, I started sewing smaller pieces. But once I transitioned to like having a full-time job and trying to make this thing happen full-time, I had to outsource it because I need to make bigger quantities and um, I need to make better quality pieces and which my little singer sewing machine will not sustain. I just want to thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Um, how can people uh, get connected and maybe order some something from your line? 
Yes. So um, if you want to um, take a look at my website, it's called AMA, which is A-M-A-N-W-O-K-E.com. Um, we recently rolled out some new leather accessories for the fall season. Um, and we're rolling out more pieces um, in the upcoming year. So please take a look. Send me a DM if you have feedback or have any questions regarding our products and services. Feel free to um, send me a message, email, or DM, and we'll be more than happy to assist. That's perfect, perfect. Hopefully sometime in the near future we'll be able to work together. Yes, please shoot me a DM if you guys ever wanted to collab on anything. I think you guys were in New York like a few years ago. So shoot me a message if you guys are ever back in New York. We'll definitely all link up. Sure thing. Sure thing. Thanks again. And um, I hope everything goes well for you. Thank you. Bye. Thank peace, you. peace, peace. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Here is your quote of the day. I like my money right where I can see it, hanging in my closet. Carrie Bradshaw. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment, and have a great day, people. Peace.